Well, it's uh, good to be with you here on Thursday. Good to... uh, Things are going to start to cool down a little bit temperature-wise. We're going to talk about that weather forecast coming up in just a few minutes. The sturgeon fishery is going to be closing shortly. The uh, sturgeon fishing will close at the end of the day, September 30th. The uh, white sturgeon uh, certainly uh, reintroduced and expanded on Lake Roosevelt over the last few years. But sturgeon fishing closes September 30th. Cooley Dam, China Bend Boat Ramp. The anticipated harvest and fishery uh, goals have been achieved by the end of the month here, and then they will evaluate the sturgeon catch and harvest, and uh, then Fish and Wildlife will figure out the rules for next year. Tomorrow, a number of uh, customers of Avista around Kettle Falls are going to have a planned power outage. That's going to be 8 in the morning till 4 in the afternoon. Avista is going to be performing maintenance on their equipment in the Kettle Falls area. Experience, technology, satisfaction, a written warranty, and over 30 years' experience. That's what makes Davis Auto Rebuild stand out from the rest. At Davis Auto Rebuild, customers are our number one priority, and we realize how difficult it is to be without your vehicle. So we make it easier for you with loaner and rental cars, and also help with your insurance claims. Call Davis Auto Rebuild at 684-3137 or stop in at 1175 South Main in Colville and see the Davis Auto Rebuild difference. The Friends of the Kettle Falls Library want to remind everyone about a yard sale and book sale. It's coming up on Saturday. They also talk about uh, what the Friends of the Library do. I'm Allison Addix. I'm the president of the Friends of the Kettle Falls Library group. Our group's in existence for over 50 years in Kettle Falls and has shepherded the library from a one room to the brilliant facility it is now with a community room, with hot spots to rent, with books, with computers, and our used book sale, which is every Tuesday and Thursday in the book now. The Friends Group is independent of the library. The head librarian at Kettle is a member of the Friends, but she's a non-voting member, interestingly. And the Friends has evolved, and we always welcome new members. Our dues are $10 a year. We support the library. We provide prizes, for instance, for the Library Truvia program that was run and is still running on Zoom. We support the plans and the programs that the librarians want to run at the library. But I want to remind everyone that the Friends of the Library, through tiny little book sales and pie sales over 20 years, put together the money to buy the land that's under that library. After we paid for the land, we gave it to the city. And then through the grant process and contributions from the Friends Group, we got the extension built. So we have a community room and lovely new landscaping, and the interior of the library was completely redone. A project for next year that we're looking at is redoing our outside courtyard, and we have some plans that it might involve grow beds for the kids, 
so they can experience planting and raising some seeds. We can do programs outside. We'll have a lovely, nice place to sit and read a book, too. Well, it means that essentially our group volunteers in order to support the library, which is a center for public information. If you have a question, you can often get it answered at the library. If you have a problem with your piece of tech, you can walk in and the librarians will help you. So libraries are really essential part of our community, both for children and teenagers and adults and seniors. And we'd like to see it running every day. <laughs> As our library is a part of the entire county library system, I'd like to remind everybody that there is a foundation that operates with the Stevens County Libraries, and they have a very large fundraising program going on right now. If you haven't heard about it, walk into the library and grab a flyer. We can always use your help. This weekend is our fall yard sale. Our yard sales are really fun because we depend on our members to show up with whatever jumble they want to get rid of. I'm a quilter, so I have quilt scraps of batting for people to use in bags that are all of 50 cents and full-size quilts if you need to keep warm this winter. Also, we are having a cake and coffee sale in the community room, and Crandall Coffee is supplying the coffee. So come and get some homemade cake, look over all the used books, which are quite a deal, and check out the yard sale. We'll be open from 9 till 2 on Saturday the 10th on Main Street in front of the library. We're located on Main Street in Kettle Falls. Weather should be great. They'll be out in front of the library in Kettle Falls on Saturday. That's 9 till 2. That'll be at the Kettle Falls Library. For top-notch customer service and unmatched choices in insurance products, you can depend on the folks at Guide Insurance Services in Colville for home and auto, farm, life, health, personal and business insurance policies. Call for a free quote and take advantage of rates, benefits, and services designed to give you more for your money. Call Guide Insurance Services today at 684-5850 or stop in at the Town Center Building, 298 South Main, Suite 101. At the Town Hall, done with Kathy McMorris Rogers, one of the people at that, wanted to thank Kathy for a bill that she had supported. I came up here as a parent to thank you for something recent bill you voted on that meant a lot to me. Mm -hmm. I'm from down here, Jeannie. Part of the other thing I want to thank you is for having the Town Hall meeting here, because I'm from the other side of the country originally, but this is a lot like where I grew up. If I took you people to where I grew up and blind put on open it up, you see, this is Priest Lake. My father was from a, a timber town inside of the lake. My mother was from a farming community. Your father wouldn't have to explain to me how to prune trees because every time I came home from school, that's what I did. Okay, in the summer time, I helped with produce. I got cousins that still farm. And I'm hearing things that they're concerned about. So I was raised in a Republican family, Republican values, and I hear a lot of that here. I appreciate that. The thing I wanted to thank you about, and was a little bit talked about today, I don't know if anybody else knows, there's a bill called 3525 that you voted for in the last session. And it's a very minor bill, but it has to do with the possibility of creating a commission for studying the background and history in America of Asian Pacific people. And one thing I applaud about you is your advocacy for your kids. I've got Down syndrome in my family with relatives, and I know what that is, and I appreciate you and your husband standing up for it. One of the things that's interesting for us, and we also appreciate life, okay? And our daughter's adopted. She's sitting right down there with that camera, and we adopted her from China. Oh, wow. And 
We're very proud of her. We know a lot of other people in the region that are Chinese kids, okay? And on our part, it wasn't for lack of trying, but when you're older in the United States, it's hard to adopt young kids. So part of what I wanted to tell you was, I appreciate you doing that to help educate people because we, not only when we went over there to China to pick her up, we took, went back with her when she was 14 to introduce her to her culture. And we experienced, just like you do in all our travels around the United States, a lot of good people. Most of them aren't in the government sector, they're just out there doing their lives. And so part of why I'm glad that you supported this bill, okay, is to at least give somebody, maybe the museum might end up being in Washington DC, it might, it might be someplace else, but to at least forward the discussion on, it's not necessarily just us versus them as a people, it might be just us versus them as a political policy, but in this whole world, depending on whether you're red or blue or whatever your colors are, you gotta learn to get along. And I came up here to thank you for voting for that thing as a parent of somebody who, when she introduces her parents, people look and do a double take. They expect somebody, and I thank you for doing that. Yeah, that's great. Well, thanks for being here, and I'd like to talk to you further about your story, and I'd like to hear your perspective in particular. You know, when the United States of America, when this great experiment in self-governance was put together, it was a new concept, this idea that our rights are given to us by our creator and the rights of life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness. It was a new concept, and it goes against what a lot of other countries have experimented with and tried, but this country has done more to lift people out of poverty, raise the standard of living more than any other country in the world. And it's been each one of you, each one of us doing our part, no matter what your vocation, no matter where you're serving, it's each one of us doing our part that creates strong families and strong communities and has made America the country that she is. So I just want to say thanks again for coming out. Thanks for what you're doing. The town hall held here in Colville with Kathy McMorris Rogers. Right now at Saunders Furniture, you can get up to two years, 0% special financing with your good credit during the seasonal sale. New dining room sets, bedroom suites, and heat and massage recliners are in stock now. Take up to 24 months with no interest to pay off your new furniture and cozy up on a brand new 10-inch queen flippable mattress for just $399. Delivery and setup available at Saunders Furniture, 279 South Main Street in downtown Colville. Today, I want to present someone we have not had on the air before. It's Joshua Phillip. He is a reporter with Epoch Times and host of a... Uh, Epoch TV and Crossroads program. We talked with Joshua about some of the topics of the Mar-a-Lago raid. He has put a documentary together about the events of back January the 6th. I've been following the Mar-a-Lago raid, the appointment of the special master, the authorization of the special master, the new finding that came out in the judge's ruling to allow for the appointment of the special master, which showed that Biden was actually involved in the process of authorizing the FBI raid on Trump. That's a really bizarre part in the legal document. Initially, he said he didn't know. I think we need more information on it, on what this actually means, because the legal document doesn't give a lot of detail. It just says the incumbent president, i.e. Biden, authorized the FBI to go and take these documents. And that means that Biden himself, because it says the incumbent president, was involved with this case. And that makes the whole thing a whole lot bigger. It may be as big as some of us suspected. 
perspective, but bigger than any of us knew. The justification is going to be the real interesting part because the affidavit would have showed us that. The affidavit was, I think, so heavily redacted that it was hard to tell what the justification was. But there was something really interesting in the affidavit, which is it showed the time that Trump had the moving vans come to the White House and allegedly move these documents. They claim were classified. Trump's is were declassified. And the important part is that that was two days before Trump left office. It was two days while Trump was still president. And under the authority of the president, who does have pretty broad declassification authority and including the right to you know, hold these kinds of documents and move them, he did that while he was still president. And the affidavit actually does show that. So I did a documentary not too long ago called The Real Story of January 6th. Now it's free to anybody. It's on Epoch TV, E-P-O-C-H TV.com. That really started off as kind of just seeing evidence that I think most of the public had never seen before. And I kind of feel like a fish in a bowl sometimes, you know, so to speak. For me, the story of January 6th is very obvious. It's obvious there were severe abuses in uh, use of force by police. It's obvious that most of the crowd was not really involved a lot of what they were accused of being involved in. But the people who did do what everyone's being accused, or a lot of people being accused of doing, are mostly the people who the FBI is not even looking into, at least as far as we know. These were these suspicious actors who broke down all the barriers and removed the no trespassing signs while Trump was still speaking at the ellipse, suggesting as well that those actions were not instigated by Trump's speech in any way because they weren't there. They were at the Capitol while Trump was speaking. It occurred to me that it's obvious to me because I've seen the evidence and a lot of the public has never seen the evidence. And the reason being, well, social media censors it. You can't put it on YouTube. You can't really put most of it on YouTube. You can't talk about it even without possibly getting censored. In fact, my show Crossroads is currently censored for a couple of weeks on YouTube, you know. So how do people even see the evidence? Where do people even find it? Most of the media is not showing it. The January 6th committee hearings are not showing it. If they are showing it, they're showing it altered, out of context, or doctored, which is really shocking to see them do. And so we decided to take all that evidence and just put it in one place. And it kind of evolved from there, from originally being a special feature, to realizing that I think people need the full context of what took place. In order to stand individual parts, you need kind of the full picture. So we set out to create a documentary that gives that and does that through the use of direct video, oftentimes multiple angles of single incidents, which, again, I don't think most of the public has ever seen before. I think we're watching is an issue on two different fronts. One of them is the politicization of the legal system, including of the FBI and the Department of Justice. You know, while... For example, people in Seattle, you know, declared a CHAZ site, a temporary autonomous zone, which taking over a part of a major city and then declaring it a sovereign nation or an autonomous zone, that's actual insurrection. That's insurrection in the truest form of the legal term. And then to even extort people, make them pay money like a mafia racket, to even take over the police department and seize the firearms and redistribute the firearms to random people, then went on to kill at least one person and not charge it. That's crazy. Easy. Meanwhile, you had, of course, large-scale protests under the Democrats, including questioning the outcome of the 2017 election, including, for example, even getting close to, I think, more than a dozen electors who were willing to switch their votes against the votes of the citizens in the states they were in. In other words, doing everything Trump is being accused of doing. And 
most of them were either not charged or faced very little punishment for any of that. Meanwhile, January 6th, of course, people are thrown in solitary confinement for over a year, some of them. People are facing major 20-year sentences for crimes that have never been used in this way, like disrupting an official proceeding, which was actually made for the Enron case. It was specifically about destroying evidence, not disrupting Congress. The dual nature of our political system is being exposed to this. But the other side of it is specifically around the attempts to get rid of the MAGA movement, which Biden made very clear as an official policy agenda of his administration during his recent speech at Independence Hall. And if you look at what really January 6th represents for the Democrats, is that it's an attempt to paint the Republican Party under Trump, the MAGA Republicans, as Biden, Biden called them, as being extremists, as being against the American system and so on. And the Mar-a-Lago raid was really just a continuation of that same effort. Check out the documentary. It's the real story of January 6th. You can watch it. It's on EpochTV.com. All right. Uh, I have not watched this documentary at this point. I have seen a lot of the outtakes of it that a couple of attorneys had been providing me for some time. Uh, I think you'll find it very disturbing. I will watch this just to uh, verify that uh, it's the same material that I've been seeing for quite a while. But what you have heard, what you have seen from these hearings is so 180 degrees out of phase with what really went on January the 6th. I think you'll be amazed. I think we will probably be talking with Joshua Phillips some more on uh, domestic terrorism here in the U.S. and what is going on. I, I tell you, I, I started yesterday feeling really good. And then last night and this morning, uh, not quite so good. So was looking at Colville air quality late yesterday afternoon, yesterday evening, our air quality, and it hasn't been this way for, for a long time now, was in the unhealthy for sensitive group category. The smoke rolled in, and our air quality was not good at all here in Colville. Now, our air quality here on Thursday morning is in the moderate range. But uh, last night, man, it got, uh, it got pretty thick and uh, was way into the unhealthy for sensitive group category. Fentanyl, oh man, big, big problem. Dangerous stuff. Nevada State Police arresting a Washington State man seized 56 pounds of fentanyl worth about $3.6 million. They stopped the vehicle near the Utah line. A 50-year-old from Royal City is being held on multiple drug charges in the jail at Ely, Nevada. His bail at $750,000. He was uh, traveling north on Highway 93 north of Ely when the trooper observed a vehicle equipment violation and pulled him over. 56 pounds of fentanyl. And down in Oregon... A power utility issuing potential shutoff notices to 12,000 customers west of Portland 
because of the gusty winds expected there today and tomorrow. Pacific Power says customers in Lynn, Douglas, Lincoln, Tillamook, Marion, and Polk counties could experience a power shutoff early today through Saturday because of uh, the risk of fire. They have fire weather watches and red flag warnings down in western Oregon, some areas of western Washington, starting today. We have no warnings here in our area for today or tomorrow. And the city of Seattle voting to plan the phasing out of gasoline-powered leaf blowers. That for city departments and contractors by 2025, businesses and residents would have to uh, phase out the leaf blowers if they're powered by gasoline motors by 2027. The uh, city departments are to develop plans and design a public education strategy around the transition. Now, part of this uh, phasing out of the gas-powered leaf blowers, they also are requiring the departments to conduct a racial equity analysis for getting rid of gas leaf blowers. They cite uh, noise, health, environmental concerns, the other two cities that have outlawed gas-powered leaf blowers, Los Angeles and Washington, D.C. A forest health message to all timber landowners. Insects, disease, and suppressed stands of timber have created an unhealthy forest environment that is susceptible to wildfire. Forest health is a concern to our community and to us at Vaughan Brothers Lumber. To discuss the possible options available for your timberland, call our experienced forestry team at 509-684-5071 for a free on-site consultation or look us up on the web at www.vagenbrothers.com. Chicago took advantage of three errors and the White Sox rallied to beat the Mariners 9-6 to yesterday. The White Sox took two of three in the series. They stay on the heels of Cleveland and Minnesota in the American League Central race. Oh, it started, the game started off so good for the Mariners. Tough loss. So, um, three errors in yesterday's game. Uh, the Mariners, they uh, licking their wounds today. And uh, the Mariners will be taking on the Atlanta Braves on Friday, 5.30 pregame, 5 o'clock pregame Saturday, a day game, noon uh, pregame on Sunday. So three really tough games against Atlanta coming up, then the San Diego coming to Seattle for a couple games. The Seahawks... Monday night football. It'll be on KCVL. Big favorite, the Denver Broncos. Russell Wilson at quarterback. Let's uh, see if the odds makers got this one wrong. They've got Denver a big favorite. Three o'clock pregame. Seahawks in Denver. That on KCVL. 
That'll be on Monday. Well, uh, tonight it is volleyball action on KCVL. Earl Adams will have the volleyball call from Colville High School. Freeman coming to town. 6.30 for that Friday night high school football. North Central playing Colville. We'll have that on KCVL at about 7 o'clock. Saturday... It's college football with WSU taking on Wisconsin. An early pregame at 10.30 Saturday morning. That'll be on KCVL. Today's local weather forecast brought to you by Forget-Me-Not at 173 South Main. The shop's loaded with home decor, kitchen goods, clothing, A lot of gifts for about every occasion, including cards, candy, balloons. Forget-me-not, open Monday through Friday, 10 till 5, Saturdays, 10 till 4. 78 the high today, sunny skies, clear, 39 overnight. 79 the high Friday, 83 on Saturday. We're going to be back up at 88 degrees on Sunday, 85 Monday, 81 Tuesday. First chance, really, of uh, rain this coming Wednesday. 20% chance of rain with a high of 77. Forget me not, they are a scrapbooker's dream store. They've got loads of paper crafting supplies at 173 South Main. No wind here in the valley. The barometer back up at 30.20. 49 degrees. We've been warming up. We were cooler than that earlier. 49 degrees here at the radio station. It is 737. Thursday morning, I'm Eric Carpenter, and this is KCVL KCRK.